welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Pastor Jake preached a powerful message like only he can by the Spirit of God last week. And um, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't feel released to say this last week, but the Lord reminded me of this week. And I just heard this overarching thing in, in the spirit realm of, of what was being talked about, you know, and, and he was calling us to maturity in the spirit. There was, there's something by the spirit of God that's calling the church and not just our church, but the body of Christ to maturity. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And if you go study that out, sons, okay, daughters, don't have your feelings here. Women, we're not left out, okay? Sons literally means the mature ones. There is a calling by the Spirit of God for the church to grow up in Jesus Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. And Jake, I can't remember if you said this, but it says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. So what he was talking about last week, for those of you who missed the service, and if you missed it, I'd encourage you to, to listen to the podcast. He was saying, why do we want to see? He was talking about the line. Do you remember that? Okay, do you remember? There's a line. He said, there's a line. And one of the things that he said was, why are we trying to see how far or how close to the line that we can get? And when he was preaching, I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Sin literally means to miss the mark. I like what Spurgeon said. I read this this week. He said, the path to Christ, or the path to Christ isn't holiness. Okay, don't worry. I got more I'm going to say, okay? The path to Christ isn't holiness. You're going to like this. He said the path to holiness is Christ. The path to Christ isn't holiness. Jesus Christ is already, he's already cleaned us up. But, you know, the path to holiness is Christ. We don't have to work harder. We just need to get closer to Jesus this season. You know, instead of trying to get closer to that line, seeing like, oh, how far can I get away with before the Holy Spirit starts convicting me? You know, this is what the Lord was saying to me this week. He said, Jenny, he said, why don't you try seeing how close you can get to me this season and see what happens? Why don't we try that? See how close we can get to Jesus this season. I heard Joyce Meyer say this week, you know, Joyce just says it like it is. I love it. I love it when people just say it like it is. She said, uh, you really want to get messed up, church? She said, start reading a whole bunch of books on holiness. She said, it messed up my life. She said, I wasn't allowed to do this. I wasn't able to listen to this. I wasn't able to watch this anymore, you know? And uh, I don't think that would hurt us, you know? And, and I was just reminded when I was listening to her that the Spirit of God, really, what he's telling the body is just to grow up. He's telling us to grow up. Well, how is he telling us to grow up, you know? And the spiritually mature, you're going to get this. And for some of you, this might hurt your feelings. And, and I'm sorry, but I need to grow up too. Jesus loves us for who we are, thank God. But he loves me. He loves you too much to leave you where you're at. It's time to grow up in our love for the Lord. we got to grow in our love for one another. we got to grow in how we invest and spend our time. we got to grow in our level of consecration to the Lord. We gotta grow in how we use our money. We gotta be wise about how we use the finances that God's given us. We gotta be wise in how we invest our life into others. We need to grow up in how we receive discipline from God. Who likes discipline from the Lord? I'm not seeing a lot of hands. 
Charlene's got her hand up. I like to split. <laughs> we gotta, you know, you're not gonna like this. We gotta, we gotta grow up in how we receive discipline from others. Kids, we have to grow up in how we receive discipline from our parents or our grandparents. And I'm not talking about them yelling at you, okay? I'm talking about them saying, hey, I see this in your life. Hey, just be careful. That's what discipline looks like. Jesus isn't smacking us around, you know? I, I love Jake's dad so much because when he disciplines me, and he does, you know, he does once in a while, but for some reason I feel better after he does it. It's a gift, but you know what that is? It's the love of God. It's the love of God because I know that he loves me. We need to grow up in how we treat each other. The Bible says if you love those who love you, what is that to you? We need to grow up in how we talk about one another. I'm going to say it again. We need to grow up in how we talk about one another. You really want to be tested in how you're talking about others? Feel rejected by somebody and then see what you're saying. You know, there can be that weakness in our heart. As soon as we feel rejected, shots fired, we want to reject them. And then we want to get on the phone or texting and get all these people on our side so we don't feel rejected and we feel affirmed. When what we really need to do is take that rejection to the feet of Jesus, lift up our hands and say, Jesus, I thank you for your love. Jesus, I thank you for your that person. I bless them right now in the name of Jesus. That's what maturity looks like. Remember my pink. <laughs> you know, and we need to grow up in areas that the Lord's just going to tell you right now. You know, He's just going to whisper to your heart, hey, Hey, fat, short, dad. <laughs> hey, I might need you to grow up in this area. My dad and I had a beautiful moment yesterday. I took him for ice cream. The beauty of living with your parents, you can just jump up and go for ice cream. I said, hey, dad, everyone was going, I said, you want to go for ice cream? And uh, so we were leaving the ice cream shop. And I don't think he'll mind me saying this. He might not even remember saying this. Um, but I surprised him, and I was like, "I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put something on the radio for you." It was like on Spotify, and it, it was an old song that I remember him singing in church. It was Don Francisco. For any of you who remember who Don Francisco is, but I surprised my dad, and it was this song. I've got to tell somebody what Jesus means to me. The song has like 12 verses. My dad hasn't sung it in 30,000 years. Say like every <laughs> word, word for word, and he's just crying, singing about I've got to tell somebody about what Jesus says to me, and just. As the presence of the Lord flooded that that car, he just said, "I got to get closer to Jesus. I need I need to I need to spend more time with Jesus this season. Church, we need to spend more time with Jesus this season. It's a season to be filled with more of Him." Matthew five says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness." Are you hungry, church? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you're not hungry, are you getting hungrier today? Yeah. 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 You have a desire to be hungry for the Lord. See, the thing about uh, being hungry for the Lord is we have an opportunity to be filled because we're vessels. Josh, you were designed to be filled with something. And what I'm kind of seeing this season, I was talking to Pastor Blake and Adrian today and earlier, and I just said, you know, people are in such a deficit this season. They're in such a deficit because we've been so separated. We're a spirit, right? We're a soul, and we're a body. If you didn't know that, now you know that. It's true, okay? You are a spirit, you are a soul, and you have a body. So you have needs. You have lots and lots of needs. But what I'm finding is, and you know, 
We see this every summer, but even more so is we have to be careful that we're not running to all the things that fill up our soul. Soul is kind of like carbs, okay? For all of you who work out, it's like carbs. It's the cereal, it's the bread, it's the stuff that we love. It's the pig. Who likes bread? I love bread. <laughs> All that kind of stuff is like our soul. We just want to eat it, you know. We want to eat the chips. We want to eat the popcorn, all the things, you know. But I just want to say humbly this morning, be careful that we're not just running to things that feed up our soul because it's a fast feed, and here's the thing, it won't last. It won't last. You're just so hungry, you're just trying to find things that feed you fast. I'm not saying those things are wrong, but what I'm saying, church, is we have to be mindful to fill up our spirit because I really sense that God is wanting to do something this fall. Fall naturally is a harvest time. And I don't want to see any one of our family members in a deficit when it's harvest time. And you're seeing other people reap the fruit of what they're sown. And you're standing and saying, why not me? Why not me? Where is my harvest? The time to sow is now. Sow into your spiritual life. Use your summer to spend time with Jesus. Okay, if you have a Bible, turn to John 15. That wasn't even my message. I was probably like, seriously? Seriously? Okay, I'm going to read really fast. John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. If you don't know what vine dresser is, it's like a gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean, church, because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide. Say abide. In me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides. Say abide. In the vine, neither can you unless you abide. Say abide. In me. I am the vine. You, church, are the branches. He who abides, say abides. In me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide, say abide. In me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But church, if you abide, say abide. abide. This is Jesus speaking to us. In me, and my words abide. Say abide. abide. It's the last one. In you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will. How many times was abide there? Oh my goodness, church. Eight more weeks. How many times was abide mentioned there, church? Eleven. Count. Oh, in that first part, seven. Seven times abide was mentioned. Do you think the Lord is trying to say something to us today? What do you think God's telling us today? Say it louder. Abide. Church, we were created to abide. I was created to abide. I might be saying something that might seem obvious to you, but if we were really good at this, we wouldn't have to preach it. And I know that we all struggle each and every day with abiding in the Lord. The definition of abide in the Greek means to stay. If you're taking notes, it means to abide. It means to remain. That takes time. We don't love that all the time. It means to wait. At the heart of abide, it literally means, I will wait. I will wait. The definition of abide in Webster's 1828, and I would encourage you, if you're ever looking at definitions, go there. 
Type in Webster's 1828. You're going to see a lot of scriptures in the, that, that dictionary. It's really cool. But in, in 1828, it said abide meant to rest or dwell. It meant to tarry or stay for a short time, to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm. It meant to be immovable. It, means, it meant to remain. It means to continue. It means to wait for. It means to be prepared for. I like that. Did you get that? Abide means to be prepared for. God is wanting to prepare you for something this season. We all stood up. Who stood up to get prayed for for a call in their life? God always is going to have us in a season of preparation for, for him. Abiding is key for that. It means to endure or sustain. And I don't know about you, but abiding doesn't always come naturally for me. Does it come easy for you? It doesn't always come easy for me. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's just, it's just human nature. You know, we don't have to beat ourselves up over it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But I know in my life that there's nothing like a desperate situation. There is nothing like a trial. There is nothing like a chronic sickness. There's nothing like an ailment or a trouble that comes into my life that pushes me to the feet of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Is that usually what it takes to push you to the feet of Jesus? It's usually what takes me to hardcore to, the, to get me to go to the feet of Jesus. Often through the hard and tough circumstances where we have no other options, where we have nothing else left but Jesus. Like Corey Ten Boom says, we'll never know that Jesus is all we need until Jesus is all we have. So if we go back to John 15, the first part is talking about being fruitful. And those of you who've studied this a lot would know that. It's talking about being fruitful. Church, being fruitful in your life is a massive deal to God. Cherokee and Johnny, you guys being fruitful in your life is a big deal to God. You guys are a big deal to God. You are on his heart 20 seven every minute every moment of the day he's saying i want you to be fruitful i want you to be multiplied i might be prophesying now because you already know what i said to you in the car earlier today and i'm just going to step back because last time i did that to beth and jacob something happened but being fruitful is a big deal to god but here's the thing fruit doesn't just happen do you agree with that fruit doesn't just happen do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to be able to get to the end of your life and say that I did it all for the glory of God? I know that's the cry of Pastor Blake and Adrian's heart, that we did it all for the glory of God, that we prayed all for the glory of God, that we gave it all to our family and to the church for the glory of God. The day-to-day -day is the tough part. The distractions, all the things come in. So we've got to put into practice what abide means, like what Jesus is telling us. Seven times he said there in that first part, if we want to be fruitful, we got to abide. Say abide. abide. we got to remain. Say remain. remain. we got to wait. Say wait. wait. we got to endure. Think about that word endure. Who likes enduring? It's so fun. Matt? Of course Matt's going to be Matt climbs mountains just for just so you know fun fact. So of course Matt likes to endure. Who likes to endure? I don't see that too many hands up. It's hard. It's 
hard. If you've ever had to go through a season where you've just had to endure, you're just like, how long? You know, like the Bible says, you know, King David, how long? And you might be in a season where you're just saying, seriously, Lord? Like, how long? How long? But here's the thing. We can get so focused on the fruit. We can get so focused on, I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. I want my life to mean something. You know, Lord, you gave me this dream, and we're trying to make this thing, and that happened. But we're not actually supposed to focus on the fruit. Do you agree with me? We're not actually supposed to focus on that. We're supposed to focus on the abiding. You're supposed to focus on Jesus. The focus on Jesus is the right thing. And here's the thing. The fruit is up to God. Do you agree with that? The fruit is up to God. We don't actually get to pick. I don't get to pick if I'm going to be an apple tree for Jesus or an orange tree or an apricot or is a watermelon a tree or a bush? I don't know. It's in the ground. You know, well, there you go. Clearly, I'm not a farmer person. Be a strong tree. Can you imagine one drops? But we got to focus on Jesus. We got to focus on the main thing. And I feel like that's a word for some of you that have been struggling in this season or maybe for many of the seasons when you're like, seriously, God, how long? Seriously, God, COVID, I feel like my life's just been put on hold. Seriously, God, you put all these dreams in my heart. Seriously, God, you told me that my family would be saved and they're not saved yet. And what God is saying to you today is he's, he's not he's saying, don't focus on that. He's saying, focus on me. He's saying, look to me. He's saying, believe in me. He's saying, abide in me. He's saying, endure through me. Remain in me. He's calling us to maturity. That's how we mature, and that's how we grow. Those big, beautiful cedar trees, you know? They're I love cedar trees. Pine trees, not so much, you know? But I love cedar trees. You know when they just get big? And beautiful, and they've just been around for like a hundred or so years. They've had to endure some things, haven't they? They've had to remain. They've had to stay planted. I've never seen a big tree that wasn't planted for a very, very long time. So if we look at the other part of this verse, if you're looking at your Bible, John 15, Jesus says that there's going to be some taking away of unfruitful areas of our life. We don't like that. We always want more, right? We want more. We want everything to be growing. We want everything to be lush. We want everything to be fruitful all the time. But Jesus is saying, uh-uh-uh-uh. Those branches on your life, those things in your life, those, those people in your life, I just want them to go. They just need to go so that you can bear more fruit. Those things that I've told you that need to go, you know what? You just surrender to me. I'm going to take them away and everything's going to be all right. Then the other thing that he said, and we definitely do not like this, he said there's going to be some pruning. If you've ever been pruned by Jesus, it's not comfortable. He just comes up with those pruning shears, and you just want to, like, pull your branches in and say, please don't cut me. Please do not cut me. But, you know, have you ever seen a really big, beautiful tree? And uh, you'll see, you know, um, who does a lot of pruning in here? Anyone? Do you have any pruners in the house? Okay, Cindy, she's a pruner. Cindy's a pruner. <laughs> Sometimes you've just got to cut it right back, right? And it could look like it's being diminished. It can look like you're taking a whole lot of things away from it. But what you're actually trying to do, because you love it so much, you want it to be more fruitful. You want it to be more lush. You want it to flourish more. You know that it's good for it. you got to prune it. When you're in a season of pruning, church, let it happen. Church, 
When you're in a season of pruning, don't go like this with your branches and say, I don't want to let this go. I don't want to let that person go. I don't want to let this go. Just go like this. I dare you. I dare you. And let the Lord prune you. God is not in the habit of diminishing you, church. He's in the habit of increasing you. God is not in the habit, Kelly, of diminishing you and Mike. He is in the habit of increasing you. Sometimes the dead branches have to go, and sometimes the fruitful branches need to be pruned right back to get even more fruit. But whatever God wants, let him do it. Whatever God wants, church, let him do it. We're commanded to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1.28, it was one of the first commands. Look at the person next to you and say, I need pruning. I dare you. Kind of a weird thing to say, but it's true. Abiding, let's talk about abiding for a minute again. Abiding isn't just stationary or standing stationary. Abiding looks like intentionally situating yourself in the presence of Jesus. Abiding says, I'm not leaving you, Jesus. Abiding says, I am not leaving you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. This is our time, and nobody else is getting it. Some of us have to get up earlier because our kids wake us up, and then that's it. You know, like Kelly, like once the kids wake up, that's it. It's on volume 10 or 20 until you go to bed. And when the kids go to bed, the parents say, hallelujah. We love our children, but thank God for bedtime. <laughs> we got to do whatever it takes to say, I'm not leaving you, Jesus. This is our time. Abiding is a place where I'm watered. It's a place where we're cultivated, church. It's a positive place. It's a place where we are centered. It's a place where we are pruned. It's a place where we are corrected. It's a place where we are strengthened so that we can endure anything that comes our way. Abiding is a place of affirmed identity. Abiding is the place where I become so aware that I cannot live my life without Jesus. Abiding is a place of conformity to the will of God. It's a place of no confusion and total clarity. Who wants no confusion in their life? That's it. Who wants total clarity in their life? Wouldn't that be amazing? Just living every single day with complete, total confidence and clarity, we can have it in the place of abiding. Abiding is a place where greater humility is formed because we know that we got to lean on Jesus. It's a place where we grow up as a son of da and daughter of God. It's a place where we were created to live our life from. Sometimes, sometimes, and actually, I, for, for, I could actually say always for me, maybe I could apply this to me, the hardest thing to do in life is to be quiet and to wait. Jake's laughing. Sometimes the hardest thing in life is to be quiet and to wait. It can be so hard. You know why? Because we think it's fruitless. We think, what's the point? You know? And, uh, but when we're aware and we get truths like John 15 in our heart, we see that there is a point. It is going to produce fruit, and uh, that there is things happening in the spirit when I'm abiding with the Lord. There's always going to be things 
that try to get in the way of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Church, is Jesus your number one? Yes. Church? Yeah. Yes. I know it's summer, and summer is fun, fun, fun. But is Jesus your number one? I'm saying that to myself, too. And uh, I, I'd ask Chris and Matt if they just come emulate what abiding can look like. But there's work, there's pressure, there's problems, there's struggles, there's insecurities, there's FOMO for young people that struggle with that, that kind of get in the way. So we're just going to put a song on just for a second, and they're just going to emulate what the struggle can look like. It can be so hard to just sit and remain. It can be so hard, young people. To just do, you know, what you know that God wants you to do. He knows that you, you know that He wants to spend time with you. And in your heart of hearts, I know that you want to spend time with Him. He knows that. But we got to discipline ourselves to abide with Jesus. We got to discipline ourselves to remain in the presence of the Lord. We've got to discipline ourselves to read the Bible. We've got to discipline ourselves not to look to the left or to the right. We've got to discipline ourselves to run to Jesus when times get hard and go here. Do you notice she's holding her Bible? Do you notice she was looking down at her Bible, you know? And I know that can be the hardest thing to do when things are distracting you and things are coming at you. But I promise you that when you, as you look to this, you will become stronger. You will become stronger, you will become stronger, and you will grow, and you will grow, and you will grow, and you will become who God created you to be, and you will do everything that he's called you to do as you look at the Bible, because when you are looking at the Bible, you are looking at Jesus. Yeah, that's good. This. God, in the beginning, was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Looking at to Jesus, is it just the, just the Word again? This is part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Let's give it up for the middle of Chris is a dancer as well. We might ask them. And I know they've worked together in the past, but it's so much talent there, see? Awesome. I just have a couple more pages, if you can just bear with me. I think you're really going to like this. If you can turn to Matthew 26. In, in verse 36, this is when Jesus was praying in the garden before he was arrested. Are you guys there? Yep. yep. Okay. It says in verse 36, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Say Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Say Gethsemane. Gethsemane was a place of crushing. It literally meant the place of crushing. Abiding might feel to you guys like this place of crushing this season. And he said to his disciples, sit here, like this was doing, sit here, okay? Well, I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and Jesus began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Well, why? Because he knew what was about to happen. And he said to them, okay, these are his friends, okay? These are the people that he has done life with. 
And he's saying, my soul is exceedingly sorrow, even to death. If you're taking notes, write this down. He says here, stay here and watch with me. I feel like that's the word for our church today. Stay here and watch with me. In verse 39, it says, he went a little farther and he fell on his face. See, Jesus knew what to do. He knew what to do. And he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Can you imagine the people that you were counting on that you were always there for? And you're like, hey, can you just be there? Can you just be there? And they're sleeping. And he said to Peter, everything with Peter is extra. If you've ever noticed that, there's always exclamations around Peter. Very dramatic. Um, but Jesus is saying, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not just stay awake and pray for one hour? He said, watch and pray less, church. You enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, Jesus went away and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, uh, take this cup away from me unless I drink it. Your will be done. Verse 38, Jesus said, stay here and watch with me. If you remember nothing from today, write that down and remember that. Jesus to us, stay here and watch with me. We're going to like this. Do you know what watch literally means? Watch literally means I am awake. I am awake. That's what watch literally means. I'm not talking about woke. I am not talking about this woke culture that is rooted in pride and opinions and arrogance. I'm talking about being awake to Christ, looking at Jesus, being fully fixed on him, coming alive in Jesus. Jesus is saying, stay here, church. Abide with me. Wait with me. Watch with me. Jesus is saying, stay here and be awake with me. He's saying, stay here and be awake with me. Church, could we not just wait one hour? I'm not telling you how long to spend time with Jesus, okay? So don't think that's what I'm insinuating. you got to do what the Lord's telling you to do. Could you not wait here just one hour? Could you not abide with me one hour? Where was Jesus? question where was jesus in this story he was praying he was praying where were the disciples where were the disciples they were church let's not be caught sleeping in a season when god is asking us to be awake let's not be caught sleeping in a season when god is asking us to be awake and waiting i know I know that there's been a spiritual deficit in your soul. I know that you've been separated, and I care. I care. I want to hug you. I want to just do all the things, too. And we're going to do that. But what I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, but don't forget about Jesus. Jesus is not this, just this appendage. Let's not forget about Jesus when we leave here. Let's not forget about Jesus when the joy group, you know, goes and has a picnic. Let's not forget about Jesus tomorrow, but let's live awake and waiting. And where does awake and waiting come from? It comes from that place of abiding. What was Jesus doing with his father here? He was abiding. And here's the thing. He was able to resist that temptation. 
Don't think that you're just suddenly going to be able to resist a big temptation in life if you haven't been abiding. Don't just live like, oh, I can just live my life. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Uh-uh. We got to abide with him each and every day. This wasn't like the first time Jesus has spent time with God. He knew where to go because he had been there a million times before. Because Jesus lived away. Because Jesus lived waiting. Praying and abiding is what gave Jesus the strength to obey God. Praying and abiding is what gave us the freedom that we get to enjoy each and every day. Jesus paid the price waiting. Jesus paid the price abiding. Jesus paid the price in obedience so that we could have resurrection life. Church, you have an opportunity to pay the price waiting. You have an opportunity to pay the price abiding so that when people see Jesus, Jesus isn't looking for someone else to use. Jesus knows that he can use you. Did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. There is fruit God is wanting you to bear in the coming season. Abiding. Jacob is so key for that fruit to take place in your life. I know abiding takes patience. We're not always good at that. It takes discipline. It takes humility. I'm almost done. It takes long-suffering. It takes meekness. It takes steadfastness. It takes aloneness. Abiding can be really lonely. It can be a lonely place. It's a place of, of intentionality. If you don't know what humility means, a simple definition of humility, it just knows its place. It knows its lane. Meekness literally means when you have the power to do something, but you remain because you know that it's what you're supposed to do. Sounds like Jesus on the cross, doesn't it? In short, meekness is obedience surrendered. Church, we're not just waiting for God, we're waiting with God. Did you get that? We're not just waiting for God, we're waiting with God. A couple of quotes, one one from Tozer, and I love this. Tozer's another straight shooter, for those of you who uh, knows his work. He said, it's dangerous to be so busy that you have no time to wait on God. It's dangerous to be so busy that you have no time to wait on God. I love what Oswald Chambers said. He said, to wait is not to sit with folded hands, but to learn to do what we are told. To wait is not to sit with folded hands, but to learn to do what we are told. The practices of abiding. For those of you who don't know what this looks like, abiding can look like sitting quietly in his presence. It's not one thing. It's not a singular thing. It can be listening prayer where you're just listening to the Lord. We don't always have to be talking. Prayer is not just one way. Perhaps you've never been told that. There is this thing called listening prayer where you're just sitting there and you're listening to the Lord. Abiding can look like journaling. Thank God for the wind of the Holy Spirit. Abiding can be putting worship music on. And I would encourage you, if you're in a season where you're struggling, you crank that music up louder and louder and louder. You have it on 24-7. Abiding looks like keeping his commandments. Your emotional life, church, will be dependent upon your devotional life. Yeah, that's good. Did you hear that? Yeah. Your emotional life will be dependent upon your devotional life. I'm wrapping up here in the, in the latter part of it. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you, church, keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
these things I have spoken to you, that your joy, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. The results of abiding is so good. It's so good. You can't lose with Jesus ever. You will always win with Jesus every single time. The fruit of abiding, you're not just going to bear fruit. You're going to bear much fruit is what it said. You're going to realize that you can't live without Jesus. Your prayers are going to be answered. This is good. God's will is going to be accomplished in your life. Your thoughts are going to begin to align with his. You're going to know deeper realms of the love of God. Sounds like everything we long for, doesn't it? Yeah. You're going to know God as your father. You're going to have more hope. Pastor Blake said that to me today. He said, preach hope. You're going to have more hope, church. You're going to have a greater hunger for God and dependency on him. You're going to have a joy that's sustainable. And we know Psalm 91 so well. We can stand up. And I reach with you and uh, Matt to come up. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I like what one of my friends said to a bunch of worship leaders online last week. It was actually the guy that wrote Yes, I Will that we sang today. He's a, he's a friend of mine from Chicago. He was speaking to a bunch of worship leaders, and he's, he was talking about the secret place, and he was saying this to the worship leaders. He's saying, why are you, why are you sharing, sharing on social media everything that God says to you? He said, why are you doing that? He said, he said worship leaders, you need to learn how to, how to have things that are just you and Jesus that nobody else knows about. you got to learn to sit in this place that's quiet, that's still, where it's that just you and Jesus. We don't have to share everything that Jesus says to us. There's some things that are just special, Kelly, for you and Jesus that nobody else knows about. There's some special moments that Jesus just wants to have with you that are special, that are sacred, yeah. that are necessary, that are important. He who dwells, she who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Spend much time with Jesus this summer, church. Spend much time with Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.